Hello, everyone, and welcome to Canadian Sport Institute Pacific's Podium Cast podcast. In this podcast, we explore cutting edge ideas, gain valuable insights, and dive into athletes' journeys from the world of high performance sport. I'm your host, Kendra Stoner, and I'm so excited you're here with me today. Today, for the first time, I have with me one of our Victoria partners to share with us her wisdom around having yoga as part of athletes' training routines and the benefits of yoga for the mind, body, and soul. CSI Pacific has had a community partnership with Moksha Yoga Yoga since 2013, and Moksha has recently rebranded and amplified their community and has become Yoga Lab. With locations in West Shore and downtown, CSI Pacific's athletes and coaches have been truly appreciative of Yoga Lab's support throughout the years. I'm so thrilled and honored to have with me today recent mama, yogi superstar, co-creator of Yoga Lab, and inspiring woman, Darcy Nile. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) A bit about Darcy. Darcy's an avid student and teacher who feels that yoga doesn't stop once you get off your mat. It's a lifestyle, a way of living, and a way of taking care of those around you. With an unwavering attention to detail and an innate curiosity about the human body, Darcy is a co-creator of Yoga Lab. As a longtime dedicated student of the Moksha Yoga community, both as a studio owner, a teacher, and a student, she recently stepped onto a new path operating this new studio under similar values with a modern lens. Raised in a flow-based community, Darcy has studied Hatha, Vinyasa, Flow, Biomechanics, and the Body, Strength Training, and Intelligent Sequencing. These areas of expertise give this studio and Darcy the ability to teach classes that not just inspire, not just pay homage to the traditions of yoga, but also the direction that yoga is now embarking on globally. So without further further ado, I would love to dive into some questions for you, Darcy. Oh, thank you so much. Hey, I'm so <laughs> excited. So let's start off. Can you speak a bit about the mindful fitness aspect that Yoga Lab has and what it looks like in the studio? Yeah, so there's this thing that's happening in the yoga culture where every studio, yoga studio, or even just the companies and the communities that support yoga are starting to understand what separates yoga from everything else. Um, And without getting too detailed in the appropriation of yoga, to give you just like a brief history, there's this philosophy, these underpinnings, these East Indian teachings um, that are all encompassed in in yoga. Uh, And what's happening is more and more people are feeling alienated from that concept or these understanding, these traditions. Um, So they're avoiding yoga entirely. Um, So what a lot of businesses are doing and what ours is particularly doing is offering classes that uh, incorporate the the most important lessons that can be learned in a yoga class, sans the Sanskrit terminology, without the the things that alienate uh, students. So the whole idea of offering mindful fitness is to create an accessible platform for people to um, practice their deep breathing, to focus on what's going on in their world, their in 
internal world, what's going on physiologically with their body, um, at the same time of uh, increasing their range of movement, um, creating some strength stability in their body, uh, and in some cases being able to get a little taste of what yoga is so that when they go into a yoga class they're not as intimidated by it. Exactly. I think that's a great summary. I think we can just finish the interview right there. Oh, perfect. (laughs) Thanks for coming in today. (laughs) So how do you see this kind of mindful fitness, uh, because we're talking to athletes right now, how do you see that enhancing their uh, routines and their, their training? Well, when we think about an athlete, there's various stages of their career. There is the part of their career that they're trying to work towards becoming this elite athlete and then there's the state of which they're trying to maintain that that place Um, and then there's the post athlete what happens when they no longer play that sport Um, and the whole idea of mindful fitness and then eventually yoga for them is giving them that place to just start navigating how their mental health is integrated into their body's health so that they are doing things like prehab where in a physiotherapy setting, you get a lot of support from a practitioner who is teaching you how to move your body in a very specific way. Um, But a lot of times people can't afford to go see a physiotherapist all of the time, and it's really difficult to go home with the activities that they give you, because a lot of times you get homework that just sits on the floor beside you while you're sitting on the couch relaxing, or you have that thought process of like, oh, another day, another day. Um, Whereas the mindful fitness component allows these athletes to come into a space where there's other people, like-minded individuals that are experiencing the same issues that might be going through some of the same challenges and gives them an opportunity to work on the thing that they know they need to be working on um, without that, uh, the laziness that happens if you're at home on the couch or um, the thing that happens with a lot of um, yogis and athletes where they think, oh, another day or, oh, that doesn't apply to me or um, something that I do is um, I love athletic training but I hate meditation so I tend to avoid the things that I need to do and do the things that I like to do Um, so it just gives them an opportunity to explore all of these modalities without that um, fear or concern that it's going to inhibit their growth or change who they are as an individual right that was beautifully put. I really like the component of you saying um, bringing the mental health aspect into their body health. I think yeah. that's kind of the balance too. It is such an important balance, especially with athletes that are needing growth that are on a millisecond level. It's, you know, you work so hard to get to the state. And I was listening to this podcast the other day and they were talking about how elite athletes that go to the gym uh, six days of the week for two to three hours a day, they need to go six days a week for three to four hours a day to see growth and progression. Um, so you, you're always trying to do that little extra that gains you that extra millisecond, that extra opportunity. Um, and one of the best places that we can do that is with our mental health. If we have stuff going on at home, it's really difficult to go into our sport and to separate ourselves from that. So the mindfulness component allows athletes to have this place to practice and practice takes practice. It's not easy to separate yourself from what's going on in the world when you have to step into your sport Um, but the more you go back to that place and practice the more you sit in quiet solitude the less loud your brain gets and the more refined your relationship with your body becomes and instead of 
torturing the body or um, punishing the body to get to where your goals are. You're actually working in unison with the body, which is, I think, a really important component to what we're doing. I think you talked a lot about all the different components to it, but what is mindfulness? Yeah, it's a very loaded question. I think I have looked at this question that you wrote a um, hundred times and I was rewriting it all the different ways. Yeah. I'm looking at all my teachers over the past uh, couple decades of like, what is mindfulness to them? Um, and the thing that I think boils down most um, appropriately for athletes is being able to separate yourself from the external distractions so that you you can pay attention to the internal distractions. So the distractions that happen internally are the stories that we have in our head about the relationships that we have with our friends, family, um, the the parts of our story in our head that is telling us we're not good enough or that we should be better if we just do this and do this. Um, and when we're able to like take those stories and just place them in front of us and sit with it and have pause in it, and then suddenly you start to separate yourself from um, that story as being the only story that you have um, and you're able to have some softness with it and when you have that softness that separation starts to happen and then you relate and you engage with your body in a very different way mm, that's incredible so what benefits do you see yoga and mindfulness having for athletes physically and mentally Oh, goodness. The list is endless. <laughs> um, but in just very, very short and sweet with athletes, uh, it increases their range of movement, which um, you and I have talked a lot about how uh, – I shouldn't say all, but a good majority of athletes, their focus is on strength and a good majority of yogis is focused on flexibility and we're trying to bridge that gap. So um, an, an athlete that's really strong in their body and has no flexibility is considered weak. And the same with an overly flexible person, if they have no strength in their joints um, and in, in their muscular skeletal body, um, they're also considered weak. So the benefits that athletes will see is this slight range of movement increase, uh, which is really paramount to maybe taking that like extra inch in a run or being able to like get really low in a squat if you're a football player. Um, rugby players need to be able to be quick on their toes, um, so they need that hip mobility. So these are all the areas that they get to like focus in on and they get to do it from an internal lens, which is really important. Um, a lot of times when we're thinking about things that are going on, we're looking at it from the outside. And when you get to go into one of these classes, you get to look at it from the inside out. Um, and then you get to do these like minor adjustments that make big differences down the road. Um, so that's range of movement. And then the other one is that mental component, um, being able to have that edge that mental clarity so that you can react and think very efficiently on your on, on the field or wherever it is that you're working um, gives you that that millisecond that we were talking about earlier and sometimes it's so paramount for an athlete um, and then the last one is um, at every athlete they all know and I always hate talking about this with athletes because no one wants to actually address the elephant in the room but everyone's uh, everyone's every athlete's career ends at some point um, and how do they reintegrate themselves into society without that huge huge shock system, that huge traumatizing uh, downward uh, momentum that could potentially happen. So having a really healthy relationship with your body is a great way to get you there. And then the last one is like injury prevention. If you're um, 
doing so much work on your body constantly to do this specific action over and over and over, the likelihood of injury just starts to increase and the harder you are in your body, um, we see it with rugby players all of the time where their career ends because of an injury that they just can't uh, rehabilitate. Um, how do they go on? How do they take care of their body after that when for so long they've punished it or they beat it up to do this thing? How can they have this really healthy relationship with their body so that when it's over, they're is this like seamless or less um, rigid transition into what life will look like after they're done. Right. I think you touched on so many incredible yeah. things. I love how you put that. Um, one thing that kind of stuck out for me was having that edge. And I think having the awareness and the mindfulness gives athletes an, an edge. And at Canadian Sport Institute, we really focus on giving athletes the resources to get that extra edge on their competition. So That's that was awesome. That was beautifully put. I yeah. also wanted to touch on like looking at yourself from the inside out. I think it has a lot to do with mindfulness and the awareness. So what do you think is the importance of having that self-awareness? The importance of it? Well, I don't know. I just over the years you see so many different personalities in in any sport um, you see the the very aggressive personalities you see the explosive personalities you see the self-deprecating personalities and those are all welcome in sports because they you know add that fire sometimes that's really necessary but um, the thing that we're all in need of is just this ability to have this split moment where we can see what's happening outside of us without the reaction being immediate. And when we have that split second awareness, we respond entirely different. And I'm sure everyone who's listening to this has done this before where something's happened and they immediately react and then later they're like, oh crap, maybe if I said this or done that, it would have been very different. That's my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it happens on the field or when you play, sports are being played where you're like, oh, if I just responded just slightly differently mm -hmm. um and there's this book called um how the brain works i can't remember the writer who wrote it but he talks about how there's this intellectual part of the brain as well as this uh more limbic emotionally driven part of the brain that's considered um intuition which for a lot of people when you hear the word intuition you think oh fluffy for like fairy hairy stuff um but athletes need to have that intuition in order for them to be able to move so impulsively um so be able to couple this like internal awareness with this intuition can allow athletes that like that extra edge that we keep talking about that's so important for them if they are thinking about split second times mm -hmm. um, for their sport that's interesting you talked about the ability to reflect and sometimes when we don't have that awareness we reflect after the fact do you think for athletes to have more awareness of their surroundings of what's going on in their body that reflecting after the fact can kind of switch into in the moment. Yes, yeah. So when I said earlier, like practice takes practice, um, the whole idea is you go to this place, you go on your mat, you go to this quiet place, you get quiet, you start moving your body. Um, the first one to a hundred times you get on your mat, um, your brain is really loud. The reactions are so uh, prevalent and in yoga I always call them these like deep grooves and when you get like when you get too close to a groove you kind of just follow into it so we have these grooves these ways that we respond to the world around us that are so habitual and then all of a sudden you get on your mat and you've got this new groove because you keep going back to it and you keep getting to this quiet place um, and then over time that groove that pattern 
pattern, that habit that you're starting to form, takes precedence over the the explosive reaction or uh, the emotional reaction, and then you have that that opportunity to separate yourself. Um, and when you're sitting on your mat, the the reflection is a really important part because sometimes we reflect and we're like, well, it's still not my fault because. Um, but when you have this like uh, outsider perspective or this observation type idea when you sit on your mat, you have the uh, opportunity to see things and be like, oh, this is what how I played a part in this. This is how I take accountability in this. Um, and then your growth starts to explode after that. Mm, that's beautifully put. Um, I kind of want to switch to um, something that a class that you guys have integrated in lab yoga, which yes. I'm super keen on. So you guys created a class called sweat and stretch. Yes. Do you want to maybe touch on that? It's yes. pretty nice for athletes. <laughs> it is really great for athletes. Um, and I have to just um, say that although our studio supported the, the creation of the class, it was developed by one of our teachers, Alicia, and I never want to take that away from her because mm -hmm. it was her baby that uh, kind of got off the ground. Thanks, Alicia. Um, yeah, thanks, Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was happening was um, we have all these different yoga classes. The majority of them aren't appropriate for an athlete because of of, you know limited shoulder mobility the fact that people are moving really quickly they can't kick their leg up and step through as efficiently um, so what was happening is by default we were sending them to our yin classes which is passive stretching really long slow holds great for mind-body connection but also not so great if you're being told to engage the muscle to strengthen and lengthen it um, so I was constantly like oh like I'm gonna send you this class but I don't I don't think, want to. Yeah, I'm like, I don't think this is the right class for you. I think yeah. it needs to be like a blend of the two. Um, so Alicia and I have constantly daydreamed about it. And she and I are the ones that tag team to teach the rugby national men's team when they come into the studio. Um, and one day I was like, can you please just like create a class that targets just athletes. I just want male athletes to have a place to call home. Um, so she came up with this class in this sequence called Sweat and Stretch. Um, and the class itself is uh, doesn't use any yoga terminology whatsoever. Um, you might hear the word, uh, the English word, like downward facing dog or something like that in there, but you're not going to hear um, like Adamusha Mukta Shavasana and Woo! you're not going to hear about the chakras. You're not going to hear yeah. about the lineage of yoga that when we don't talk about it, but we call it a yoga class, is appropriating the culture um, and the wonderful thing about this class is it has this athlete's body in mind and we're using uh, PNF stretching so active muscles to stretch them to the longest length um, for over a short period of time and we do it repetitively so that the muscle gets its biggest range of movement and then we move on to another area of the body so we focus predominantly on hip mobility and shoulder mobility um, not so much on strength training as much as we are are trying to just give the body the opportunity to find this length, this mobility that athletes are really needing. It's good for the physical world of that the athletes coming into those classes, but yeah. what do you think is the benefits for the mental aspect? Yeah, for them so this in that is class? where we get to um, like drop little planted seeds of like what a yoga class would entail for them. So it's still the lights are down low. It's still a really calming environment. We still will talk about things that we may talk about in a yoga class, but they're more or less about um, how we engage in the world instead of the philosophical teachings that um, we would 
uh, intertwine into it. Um, so the mindfulness component is still that we are encouraging them to close their eyes and to feel things out from the inside and to look for what range of movement looks like, what their end of range looks like, how to create hip mobility using muscular movement um, instead of trying to force the body into contorted shapes. So they still get this opportunity to really slow down, to find their breath. All of our mindful fitness classes um, and all of our classes, period, they're based on this uh, concept of breath first. And when the breath is there, we tack on the movement. And when the movement gets stronger, then they can tack on everything else that they want to tack on to after that. Um, and breath is something that gets overlooked so often, <clears throat> excuse me, um, in an athlete's training. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they get to come to this environment where the breath becomes such an important part. It becomes the, the pinnacle focus and then everything happens around that. So they get that opportunity to really dive into what's happening internally and to really breathe deeply. And then they start to see the world a little bit differently. Mm, I love that. <clears throat> I love when things can be applied in the classroom, in the yoga classroom to everyday life. Yeah. And I think getting in tune with your breath and having that a bit of mindfulness, even just getting your eyes open to what mindfulness can look like, I think is so powerful for athletes. Definitely, definitely. I remember one of my teachers once saying that um, once anxiety has arrived and you, or once um, the body goes into this flight or fight state, it's really difficult to slowly breathe and to calm the body down. But if we're already breathing calmly and we're already having this relationship with our breath, when that anxiety comes or when this flight or fight um, response happens in the body, we're already responding the way that we want to. So that intensity is lessened. And I think that's so important because a lot of times you'll feel or you'll hear somebody say, oh, you're having a bad day, take a deep breath. And by then it's too late. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, it's good that you're taking a deep breath, but we want people to be taking deep breaths all day long, taking really slowly throughout their day so that when things get stressful, when things get difficult, once they put their feet on that playing field, they're ready for it. They're not trying to react to it. They're pre mm. preemptively prepared for it. That just kind of made me think of, uh, I just watched a basketball game last night, and when they're about to do a free throw and you see them go, <sighs> yes, yeah. I'm super curious to know if they're aware of that or if that's just an innate reaction to spotlights on me, everyone's watching me try and sink this ball. It's tied 100, 100, 100 to 100. Like yeah. this is all about me. I think that's such an important time to take that breath. Mm -hmm. But you saying being able to take a breath all day throughout your days, throughout your trainings yeah. also is so important. Definitely. And I think they are reflections of each other. So the the player that's standing there at the free throw line and he's like ready to throw that ball and he takes that moment, you have that that moment where it's like it's going to go in the net or it's not going to go in the net. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a very natural body response to take a big exhale to ground and to collect yourself and to, um, so we call it like grounding the energy when you take a big exhale because you're like pushing everything downwards. Mm -hmm. um, so it's this uh, intuition that comes naturally. The body already knows how to take a big exhale to soften and to de-stress. Um, and the nice thing is that reflection that happens is you can do that every day throughout your day for various things um, that are happening and it's a really great relationship 
relationship, but this practice that takes practice. So um, the player that forgets to do that and then throws the ball and it misses, um, that's the thing that they're missing out on. That's the thing that they forget to do. That's the thing that's lost because that groove of reaction is much deeper than the groove of, okay, I'm going to just take a moment here. I'm going to take this breath because mm -hmm. I am afforded the time to do that. Definitely. I like to kind of revisit the concept of grounding. Yeah. And kind of, I'm quite familiar with what grounding is, and I know the importance of just need, needing to stay grounded and having, what relationship do you see grounding and balance and maybe to do with emotions and anxiety and in sporting environments? Yeah, so grounding is... Um, like one of those very like yoga terms that can be misunderstood very easily as like oh that's not necessary um, and I think the average person or even the average athlete has just taken a moment in their day without even realizing it and takes a big sigh um, and my son notices it in me all the time because he's always like mom are you okay and I'm like why what happened he's like you just did a big exhale mm -hmm. and I'm like oh no that's a good thing I'm just like taking a moment to just like feel my body and feel the earth beneath me and remembering that I am supported and uh, everything is going to be okay. Um, so our body does it absolutely naturally without us even noticing. Um, but the more we can integrate that on a regular basis, the more we feel feel it physiologically in ourselves. Um, so yeah, grounding does feel really great when we have those deep exhales and our balance, our, our, it's almost like the center of gravity gets lowered um, and we're able to feel supported by what's underneath of us. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I, I think I'd like to know the difference, like the importance of grounding Oh, with awareness yeah. and ground, like doing that exhale, knowing you're doing that exhale versus yeah. doing that exhale unconsciously. Yeah, so knowing that you're doing it versus not knowing you're doing it, I don't know if there's a whole lot of difference in how the body responds, um, but um, when you're choosing to take that exhale, it means that you are, and this is the way a teacher once explained it to me, he said, when we breathe differently, we're making a full body announcement that we want the body to respond differently. So when we take that um, that intentional exhale, you're calming the nervous system. You're aligning yourself with what you need to do at that moment. You're able to separate yourself from those external distractions and then focus on the internal distraction, this thing that you have to do in this moment. Throw the ball at the net and get it in. <laughs> get it in the hoop. Definitely. <laughs> um, so it allows you that opportunity to just feel really connected with why you're there and what you're doing and, mm -hmm. and the, the task at hand, that millisecond, that edge that we're all needing as athletes. Beautifully put. Uh, I'd like to start to wrap things up a little bit. Yeah. This conversation has been so great. And I think once we're done this recording, we'll talk for another couple hours. <laughs> um, maybe, do you have any suggestions for listeners who are obviously listening to this with some intention to potentially start doing yoga or are into yoga or are curious about yoga? What advice do you have to get them on that map, get them into the class? Yeah. Um... It's so funny because uh, my boyfriend, he loves the gym. He's never really been to a yoga class, and I love yoga, but I'm, like, terrified of a gym. Um, and every time I have to walk into a gym, I'm like, they know I don't know what I'm doing. They can smell me. They can smell my fear. Um, and I was telling my partner this one day. He's like, that's exactly why I don't go to yoga. And I was like, okay, that's absolutely fair. So uh, my advice for people that have that feeling of, like, oh, they're going to know um, – 
First of all, it's okay. <laughs> um, the second is uh, there are classes out there that are for men only. You'll find broga classes all over Victoria. You can find male teachers. You can find male athletic teachers. So they're kind of like on your same wave page length, uh, wavelength. Um, and then you can find studios that kind of like um, support your type of personality. So they exist out there. They're not all the this like um, there's flowers everywhere and all the different chakra colors and everyone's <laughs> burning incense and hugging and touching. Like those those aren't always the, the yoga experiences. So I yeah. promise you that you're going to find a studio. Um, but just like any sport, when you start to feel this pull inside of you to do something, mm -hmm. um, try everything out. Because mm -hmm. uh, for a lot of athletes, they try basketball, they try volleyball, and then they found rugby. Um, and then that was their sport. So keep trying out studios, keep out trying out styles, um, and eventually you'll find something that works really well for you. Um, and then in terms of finding the appropriate type of class that you should be taking, um, I really recommend looking for teachers. Look for teachers that um, read their bios, ask questions, figure out what it is that they're skilled at, what they've trained in. A lot of teachers have been trained on the philosophy, the history of yoga, and what they might be able to offer you might be uh, contradictory to what your needs are. Um, so try and find teachers that have an athletic background, that understand a runner's body or um, a, a football body or whatever it is, a rower's body. Um, and if they can offer you some sort of advice that's specific to your body anatomy, you know that the type of class that you're getting is going to be more specific um, and attuned to your needs. Um, and at the end of the day, don't fret about all of the um, the the things that are happening in a yoga class that you might not quite understand. Um, go in there and move your body and take long deep breaths and over time um, all the other stuff will come naturally um, or it might not and that's okay too because you're still getting those physiological the mental benefits of being in, in the space yeah I think when I go to a class that I might not know some terminologies to look around see yeah. what other people are doing if yeah. you're a step behind who cares yeah it's your own practice yeah and I think that's a super important key lesson is you can be intimidated you can never have been to a yoga class before but go in there with an open mind find your breath if you just sit there laying on the ground that's okay you're yes. there yeah you're in the environment and I think it's important to get athletes just to check it out yeah. yeah yeah and if you're like absolutely not i'm never going into a yoga studio ever that's okay find yoga teachers that'll come to you there are mm. so many yoga teachers that love doing private so you and a couple of your uh, athletic friends or your team you can hire someone to come to you teach you a few things that you can do at home and then you can do it on your own um and then you've got this uh this like opportunity to just kind of dabble in it and figure out what works for your body oh thank you darcy oh you're so welcome thank you so much for being here i know our athletes and coaches will benefit a lot from this chat thank you so much for joining me on our podium cast and thank you to our listeners we will be making this program available to the public so i encourage you guys to share with your friends and family to gain this incredible wisdom and knowledge around the importance and benefits of incorporating yoga in your life Namaste. Namaste. <laughs>
Stay tuned for our next episode and have a fabulous day.